scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter, writing to the church here, said, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Today, uh, we're going to talk about there is wonder-working power in the blood. Let's lift our hands and pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we just love your word so much. We give you praise for it, for all that it gives us. Lord, today, let us hear what the Spirit would say. Let it find good ground in our heart, God. Let it encourage us and strengthen us. Lord, that we can learn more about you, be more like you, and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise this morning before you're seated. Thankful for the word. And I'm thankful for his blood. You can be seated. God bless you. Let me know if this mic starts acting up again. We've been trying to get this lapel mic working right. And I hope we do because, man, I've, I've done gotten used to preaching with my hands. <laughs> Using my hands. Praise the Lord. There is wonder-working power in the blood. The blood of Jesus. Unfortunately, sometimes it seems that Preaching about the blood has been regulated to a certain time of year. You know, we, we like to put things in categories and boxes and make it neat. So usually you don't start hearing anything about the blood of Jesus till getting close to Easter. But everything we do, uh, we're able to do because of that blood that was shed. Anytime we see someone repent of their sins and they're baptized in his name, there's it's because of the blood that there is remission of sin. And so we need to remember that uh, the blood isn't just for one time a year, but it's every day. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb, the old song said. We used, well, that would ask the question in the song, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We would sing that I believe that Jesus saves and his blood washes whiter than snow. Or I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. How many know it was the blood? Yes. I know it was the blood for me. Yeah. Or I see a crimson stream of blood. Mm, come on, somebody. And then, of course, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. And when Peter was writing this to the church, uh, he starts out, For as much as you know. Now, I hope I never forget what got me here. He said, for as much as you know, I know that I did not save myself. I know that I could not redeem myself. I know on my best day, I could never get rid of the things that were wrong in my life. And Peter said, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed or ransomed, is what that word comes to. You were not ransomed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or behavior. That doesn't mean just your talk, a conversation with someone like a talking. Uh, it's your behavior that you received by tradition from your fathers. You, uh, people like to try to be saved 
by their traditions. Well, that's just the way it's always been done in my house. That's just the way it's always been done in my family. But what does the Bible say about our redemption, about our ransom? How did we get there? And he said, but you were redeemed with the precious, something's precious. It's not just something you find everywhere. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that you, you have to seek out. You, you look for it. It's, not, it's one of a kind. Uh, there is no other blood that can cleanse us uh, from our sins. He said, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, I have no doubt that Peter, being a, a Jew and, and knowing, his, uh, knowing his scripture, uh, as even Paul would write to Timothy, he said, from a child you've known the scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. I, I feel like Peter was probably referencing here, even reminding uh, the church of things that Moses spoke about in Exodus because in Exodus um, 20, uh, chapter 20, where he was giving out, the Lord was giving him the Ten Commandments, the Lord reminded Moses, he said, I brought you out of Egypt. So don't be making carved images of things in heaven, under heaven, in the earth, under the earth, nothing to bow down and worship. But he said in verse 23, don't be making gods of gold or silver either. And so Peter was reminding us because that plan of salvation was mirrored as Israel began to exit Egypt. We know about the Passover lamb, and it was the blood that was applied to the post that when the destroyer came in that night, that when I see the blood, the Lord said, I will pass over you. And, and the blood set, separated Israel from Egypt. And so we realize that uh, God had a plan all along, and he has shown us types and shadows and glimpses of that plan from the very beginning, that it was going to be him and him alone that would be the savior of his people, as it was then. Moses was not their savior. God was their savior. Moses could not go there and do the things that he did without God. He had to have him, and, and then it was going to be the blood of that spotless lamb that would be on the doorpost that would uh, protect them from the destroyer that would come through at night. But reading this, it reminded me of what Paul wrote in Colossians when he said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, and this is what he was talking about here, traditions of fathers, he said, And not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In who? In Christ. All the fullness dwelt in that. And why, why that means so much to us when we begin to talk about this blood is we realize that, that God was in Christ. Paul wrote that in 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Himself. Not to themselves, but to himself. For there is only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we know that the greatest commandment is to love this one God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And even in the book of Acts, chapter 20, uh, Paul was recording. He said that God has purchased the church of God or his church with his own blood. God purchased it with his blood. God was in Christ. We know that it, we have been redeemed with the blood of Christ. In other words, we have been redeemed with the blood of God. There's wonder working power in the blood. The ransom, the price that would have to be paid to get us back from uh, these, uh, these 
terrible clutches of sin, death, addictions, the chains that held us, the prisons that we were locked up in, the, the curse that was on our life. It was not going to come from money or gold. We could not buy our way out. There was no way to work our way out. There's no, we couldn't be good enough. We couldn't do enough good works. There are people that believe, well, my good works will outweigh my bad. I think I'll make it in. It's not going to work like that. We've got to have the blood. Anything that could be corrupted is not going to get you there because flesh and blood, and uh, it, it can't inherit the kingdom of God. And we know that those things that are corruptible cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But the price that was paid was blood the precious blood of Jesus. And I don't want to have to wait till uh, Easter comes around for, to be reminded that it was the blood. I want to make sure that I'm remembering every day that I'm thankful for this salvation that we have today and it came because of the blood of Jesus. The reason I can pray and he hears me when I pray, the reason that I can do anything through him is because the blood that he shed for me. Ever since man failed God in the garden, we've needed the blood. We needed something to cover our sin. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden, they realized now that they were in transgression and their eyes were opened and they tried to fix it themselves. They began to sew leaves together to cover up their nakedness because they knew that they, now they were naked and they were ashamed and, and so they, they tried to cover this up. But just as it, we all we just always fail at trying to fix it ourselves. They failed. Their own attempt to use leaves would not work. It said that the Lord had to make uh, coats of skins for them. That meant something had to die. He, he, he didn't weave it out of uh, material or cotton, but it said it was skins. It was coats of skins. Something had to die. Adam and Eve had to realize that something had to, to lose its life so they could live, so they could be covered, so their shame could be covered up. In the presence of the Lord, blood had to be shed to cover them. Jeremiah wrote, as the Lord spoke to him in, in, verse, in chapter 2 and verse 22, he said, even though you wash yourself with nitre, nitre is uh, clean water or filtered water. He said, you take the cleanest, purest water and then take much soap, but your iniquity is marked before me saith the Lord God. We've got to have the blood. We can scrub. We can do all we try to do. We can clean up our act, clean up our ways, clean up our talking, you know, clean up the places we go, clean up what we want. We, we can clean everything. We can just clean house. But the Lord said, but I would still see the curse that is on your life. You're going to have to have a conversation with me to get this fixed. And that's why Isaiah 1 and 18 would say, Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, I can make them like wool. Come and let us reason together, saith the Lord. It's why the Lord would say in Ezekiel 36, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. And several times in chapter 36, he said, I will cleanse you from your iniquity. I will clean you and you shall be clean. Oh, I'm glad today that God is my Savior. And I'm thankful for the precious blood of Christ. God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Praise God. Our attempts to cover our sin and hide our wrongs will never work. 
we need the blood of Jesus. And we're not going to get the blood of Jesus just anywhere. You're not going to find it at the corner store. And friend, there's nobody got a, a secret vial of it somewhere. It's not going to be because you touched an artifact or something somewhere that uh, now you've been cleansed. Friend, we need to have faith in Christ and what he did. That he did come in the flesh. And that he did die for our sins. And that he did rise from the dead. Just like he said he would. We've got to have faith in him. We need the blood of Jesus. We already referenced Israel in their time in Egypt. And when they were slaves and captive there. He said Egypt was making them to serve with rigor. They were hard on them. And, and when they wanted to go and worship God. They made it harder on them. And began to. Uh, take away the straw that they would make brick with and said, but we're not going to decrease the number of brick you need to make. You're, you're idle. You want to go worship God, so uh, we'll, we're going to double you know, your trouble. We're going to make it harder on you through this. And uh, so while they were there, uh, God began to, to perform signs and wonders to, to prove who he was, and he would harden Pharaoh's heart, and, and Pharaoh would not let them go, but when it came time for that last plague, for that last miracle that God would perform, where he would bring uh, that uh, destroyer of death to come through, he said, I need you to take a lamb. He gave instruction to Israel, take a lamb and, and kill it for your family. Put the blood on the doorpost, on the lintel. Take it and cover it and, and, and go inside and roast that lamb and eat all of it. Eat it. Don't break a bone of it. That sounds... If you study that, you'll realize that's just the way it was with Jesus on the cross. That he came to break his legs, but he was already dead. And because it was written of him already, they shall not break a bone of his. He keepeth all of his bones. And so uh, God was just giving us a little type and a shadow of what was coming. But he used the blood to cover and to protect and to set a difference between Israel and the Egyptians. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, You'll take the blood, strike it on the side post, on the upper post of the houses, and that's where you're going to eat this at. And then in, in verse 12 and 13, he said, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Friend, it's always been a comparison. Our, our pre-Jesus life has always been uh, equated to uh, slavery in Egypt. The world is like a type of Egypt where um, people are in bondage. The Bible says we have not received again the spirit of bondage. God brought us out of bondage. But now we've received the spirit of adoption, the scripture says. But we've always been, uh, a light, it's been a likeness and, and a type of Egypt in the world and us coming out of that slavery, that bondage, those things that held us. And the Lord said, I'm, I'm coming to, to wreak havoc on Egypt and I'm going to destroy these plagues. And I'm thankful today that God has broken every chain that, that held us in that spiritual Egypt. I'm glad that God has given us liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We talked about it a few weeks ago. If, if the Lord make you free, you're free indeed. And, and how that he, he makes us like citizens. We're no longer slaves, but now we're like citizens 
uh, of this holy country. And so I'm thankful today for what the blood provides. I'm thankful for it. And so this land without blemish, its blood would be used to spare God's children from death. They, they, they couldn't just hide. Well, we'll just go, I don't want to kill a lamb. Ain't no sense in that. Let's just go inside and hide. You can't hide from judgment. You can't just find a place where, well, I will just shut in. We'll go in the back room. We'll close all the doors. We'll sit down, be real quiet. We'll let this thing pass over us. You can't hide from judgment. The Bible says we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. One day that's going to happen. I'm so thankful God is still on that mercy seat. But one day he will move over and he will sit down on the judgment seat. And we're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. And I'm glad that, that when he looks at me, he's going to say, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. When I see the blood, I'm going to say, enter in my good and faithful servant. It's going to take the blood, folks. We've got to have the blood of Jesus. There's wonder working power in the blood. And Israel could not just hide. They could not run. Well, let us just go ahead and get out of Egypt. He said, you've got to get inside. You've got to, get in. you've got to have blood applied to your house. And you've got to eat the flesh of the lamb. It's got to be the blood. It's just like Jesus telling the Jews, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they couldn't understand that. And, and maybe some of Israel couldn't understand it either, but they obeyed it by faith. They believed in what God was doing. And so they, they did what Moses told them and instructed them to do. In Leviticus 17 and 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I think about Paul saying, The life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or in other words, I live it because of my faith in the blood of Jesus. Life of the flesh is in the blood. But he said, I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Oh, if we ever think we're going to get out of this without the blood, we have deceived ourselves. It takes the blood of Jesus. Life is in the blood. The life that we want to live, it's in the blood. The life that we want to live forever, it's because of the blood. We've got to have the blood of Jesus today. And then he said, it's also for the atonement of the eternal soul. There is no everlasting life without the blood. There is no uh, good works that are going to just get us in the door. We've got to have the blood applied to this house. We need the blood of Jesus today because we, you and I, everyone that was born uh, from the time that Adam and Eve began to have children, everyone after that fall, we were born under the curse of sin. And because of sin, we find in the scripture, Ezekiel 18 and 20 says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. We're destined for death. I'm not just talking about physical death. That's appointed unto man wants to die. That's going to happen. But he's talking about a spiritual death, that there's another death coming. He said the soul that can be atoned by the blood, it can be saved and redeemed by the blood, that soul's going to die if it remains in sin. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and 23. We were dead in trespasses and sin, Ephesians 2 and 1, Colossians 2, 13. The sting of death is sin, 1 Corinthians 15 and 56. And we were, and some still are today, dead, 
dead in trespasses, dead in sins, and there is nothing humanly possible that can be done, it still takes the blood of Jesus. Sin is equal to death, but life is equal to the blood. The blood gives us life. The life is in the blood. That's why he would say, don't eat the blood when you would make these sacrifices. He said, do not eat the blood. He said, because the life is in the blood. And for a friend, it's going to take, uh, it's not blood of bulls or goats. We can't go out and sacrifice any animal and expect that Jesus is going to honor that. It's not just any blood. Peter wrote to us, he said, it is with the precious blood of Jesus. It is no wonder that the angel told his earthly parents, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Well, friend, that right there let us know that it would be uh, that his life would end with shedding of blood because there is no remedy for sin except blood. It has to be the blood. And his name is Jesus, Jehovah, Savior, Jehovah that saves. He shall save his people from their sins. In John chapter 1 and verse 29 John the Baptist, the next day, it says he looked up and he saw Jesus coming unto him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so we understand, you know, if you were just reading the Bible through, you maybe not, wouldn't understand that yet. But we know the end of the story. And we realize the reason that, that John would say something like that is because we knew where Jesus would end up. He would end up on that cross at Calvary. He would end up with his blood pouring from his body. He would end up being pierced in his side and blood and water coming forth. Blood and water is where God purchased the bride. Just as the first Adam's bride came from his side, the second Adam's bride would come from his side. And it would come uh, from a rib for the first Adam, but the second bride would be blood and water. That's where we're born again. That's where we become his. Ah. Jesus was the lamb, the perfect, spotless lamb of God that would save us from the wages of sin and death. In 1 John 1 and 7, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's going to take the blood of Jesus. My friends, there is no uh, just simple prayer that you can pray that's going to make, that's going to get you there, that's going to cleanse you. Come on, somebody. You got to hear me. <laughs> uh, he said, don't be spoiled by these traditions of your fathers and, and things. That's not how you were redeemed. And there's a lot of tradition in this world today. And, well, that's the way my great-grandparents did it. And that's the way they did it. And, and that's the way we were taught coming up. But what does the Bible say? It says that we must be redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, it, it was always the blood at the beginning. And it's still the blood today. It's going to take the blood. Come on, somebody. I know it. Maybe I need to get an Easter basket so everybody can get into this. I don't know. But I'm telling you today that it's still the blood. 25, 24-7, it's going to take the blood. 52 weeks out of the year, 365 days, it still takes the blood of Jesus. And we need to stop just equating the blood to a holiday. And realize that every day somebody needs the blood. And we need to be telling somebody they need the blood of Jesus on their life. But God so loved the world. 
man, he, I know you would think, well, blood comes from his death, and that's awful to think about sometimes, but that's what he did. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. He knew what he was doing. He said, this is all that can purchase you. This is all that can save you. This is the only way. They tried to spare him from it. Peter would pull his sword and, and start whacking off ears and they're threatening people. And, and he said, put your sword up. He said, shall I not drink this cup? If I don't drink this cup, he said, then how can the scripture be fulfilled? I could call angels if I wanted to, but then if I did that, how would the scripture be fulfilled? He would tell Pilate, to this end was I born. This is the reason I came into the world. I knew that I would end up here. I knew that I would shed my blood, but I know that there's joy on the other side of this cross. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And friend, let me tell you, he knew that this blood, it was going to cost him. It was going to be awful. It was going to be painful. But he knew that the blood would be enough, that the blood would be sufficient because he knew that he had done all that the Father had sent him to do. He knew that when this blood was shed, that mankind would be set free. There's still wonder-working power in the blood. We don't need to think that the blood has lost any power. We don't need to think that the blood is weaker today because, oh, the world we live in today, God, you know, it's, it's a lot worse than it was. Oh, no, friend, let me tell you, sin still sin, but the power of the blood of Jesus is still greater than any sin. It's greater than any chain. It's greater than any force that hell tries to throw at you. There's nothing that can conquer the blood. There ain't a stain that can stay when you're washed in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? Have you made your garments white in the blood of the Lamb? I'm thankful for the blood today. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Oh, I don't know where you've been, and I don't know what you've done, and I don't have to know because I know that the blood of Jesus takes care of all of it. I know sometimes you'll see these infomercials and they, they, they advertise on a new cleaning product. Man, they're cleaning everything. I mean anything, everything. Man, they, they'll clean your cow. It'll clean your dog. It'll clean your car. It'll clean your carpet. Man, you can wash the windows with it. It'll clean everything. It don't. But the blood of Jesus, it cleanses from all sin, all wickedness. It breaks every chain. It gets rid of everything. It washes everything away. It makes you whiter than snow. It could be like scarlet, but he said it'll be white as snow. It could be like crimson, but it will be like wool. There's still power in the blood of Jesus today. Friend, let me tell you, uh, the sting of death might be sin, but there's victory in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 and 56, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, when Jesus shed his blood, let me tell you, hell lost its grip. Oh, let me tell you, the flesh couldn't do nothing against the blood of Jesus. And I'm telling you today, if we would begin to uh, just apply that blood, you know, plead that blood over our life. And once we've gone down in that water and we've washed ourselves in the blood, we are white as snow. 
But the Bible tells me to keep my garments unspotted from the world. Sometimes I need a washing. Yeah? Sometimes I need to rewash. Or I can go to the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry that I made that mistake and I can repent and God can wash me. Because the Bible says if I confess my faults, he is faithful and just to forgive me. But that's after my new birth. That's not before. We can come to God. We can love God. We can worship God. We can say all kind of great things about him. But until we deal with the sins of our past, we're not going to have a future. We've got to deal. The blood is for the remission of sins past. I can't just ask forgiveness for the sins of my past. There's got to be blood applied. And thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We need the blood of the Lamb. I'm watching the clock. I'm good. I'm going to probably finish early today. In Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 through 13, John said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials filled, full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood the precious blood of Jesus. And out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, I don't care where they're from, I don't care who they are, they're going to have to have the blood of Jesus. And he said, you have made us unto our God kings and priests and we will reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever." and ever. The lamb that shed his blood is worthy of praise. I wish we could lift our hands and just praise the lamb of God in this house this morning. Oh, I know it's Sunday school, but uh, what about the blood of the lamb? Isn't he worthy this morning to be praised? Isn't he worthy this morning to receive glory and honor and power and strength? He's worthy of all of it today. Worthy is the lamb of God that was slain. Uh, Oh, before the foundation of the world, he was slain and his precious blood was shed. Oh, God knew we needed a Savior. He knew we needed that blood. He knew we had to have it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The lamb is worthy. This mic's acting up, isn't it? So let's just swap out. I need the blood of Jesus on this microphone right now. Thank you, Jesus. The lamb is worthy. 
and his blood has saved us and made us free. So how is it applied? What do we do? Well, we need need the blood of Jesus. The Bible says it washes all our sin away. Well, when we think about washing things, we think about water. In Luke 24, 46, and 47, Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And then that repentance, that's death. And remission of sins should be preached in his name. That's a forgiving of sins, a, a pardon from sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's what he said that we needed to do. That's what he told his disciples. He said, now that I'm leaving, here's your marching orders. Go and preach repentance and remission of sins in my name beginning at Jerusalem. In Hebrews 9 and 22, it tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So they're going to be preaching about the sacrifice of Jesus. They're going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So what do we do? What does that mean? To receive remission or the application of the blood because without the blood there is no remission. We've got to have it. How do we get that today? How do we receive remission or the application of the blood of Jesus today? When they started preaching what Jesus said to preach in Luke 24 and 47, this is how they phrased it, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter, who just we opened with, that told us about the precious blood of Jesus that redeems us. He said to the people, repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. We've got to uh, identify with his death. And that's where we're, we're, we're dead at repentance. We die to sin. Uh, and then we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God who shed his blood. That's where the remission comes from. When we go down in the water. In his name by faith, the blood is applied. And when you come out of that water, friend, you're washed whiter than snow. Those scarlet sins are, uh, are made white as snow. Those crimson sins, they're, they're like wool now. Everything is clean. That's for the remission of sins past. And we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the new life. That's like resurrection. And, and that's where the blood is applied. And today, uh, that's why I'll tell you that The blood is not applied through a repeat-after-me prayer. That's a step of faith. Don't get me wrong. people. I've got nothing against people making the steps of faith that people are trying to lead them in, but there is a truth in the Scripture that the blood must be applied. And why would we say we believe in the Bible but then not do what the Bible teaches us to do? Why would we think that now we're so, somewhere where we've elevated ourselves to a plane that the first century church never got to? But friend, let me tell you, it worked. He said, this, this plan's been in order since the foundation of the world. And when I gave it to the church before I left, I told them to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he that believeth the gospel and is baptized shall be saved. They're saved because if they believe the gospel and they obey the gospel and they're baptized in his name for the remission of sins, that's where the blood is applied and their sins are washed away. We need to be preaching the gospel. We need to be reaching people with the gospel. And and I'm all for praying prayers of faith. I believe in the prayer of faith. But friend... 
you can't have just enough faith to say, I believe and that's enough and I don't need the blood of Jesus. Mm -mm. We've got to have the blood of Jesus applied. It's got to be applied to our life. So, so Jesus said, preach repentance and remission of sin. That's the message. Why would we not want the message that Jesus said to preach? And so Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that day, 3,000 souls, they gladly received the word. They were baptized. 3,000 people. Why are we so much better than those 3,000? Or, or, or anybody in the book of Acts, because everywhere they preached the gospel, and if they believed, they were baptized. Oh, baptism is just one of them symbolic. It's where the blood's applied. It's where the blood's applied. It's where the blood's applied. And if the church was doing it, the church should still be doing it. But just like the blood of Jesus has become part of a holiday, baptism has become part of a little celebration and tradition. And people do not understand that we must be buried. Paul wrote it. Everybody talks about what Paul wrote in Romans. Well, how about reading Romans 6 instead of jumping all the way to chapter 10? How about doing that? And how about reading where he said, you are buried with him in baptism so that you can be raised up in the newness of life. He said, we've got to be buried. We've got to be in the form of his death if we're going to be in the form of his resurrection. So we've got to be buried in his name. We've got to have the blood of Jesus applied to our life. We need the blood of Jesus. There's still wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. One of my favorite stories in Acts is Philip and the eunuch. Was that eunuch's reading about the lamb? And he doesn't understand what he's reading. But Philip catches him and he says, Do you understand what you're reading? He said, How can I understand except someone teach me and tell me? And so he's reading, of course, from Isaiah. And he's reading about. Jesus, we know he's reading about Jesus. He doesn't know he's reading about Jesus. He's reading about a lamb that was slain and that was his, it was his, he was killed. And he said, is the man writing about himself or somebody else? He said, who's he writing about? And he said, from that place right there, he started preaching Jesus to this eunuch. And when he preached Jesus, his life, his death, his burial and resurrection and, and all the things that Jesus said, as soon as they see a pool of water, the eunuch says, well, here's water. What's hindering me from being baptized? And he said, and if you believe, you can. And he said, I believe. And they went to the water. Oh, so many people say, just, I believe that's enough. Then why was it so essential for him to hit the water? Why did that, why did that matter? Why, why, when Peter preached to the house of Cornelius, and they were, during his preaching, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're speaking in other tongues, just like uh, the 120 in the upper room did on the day of Pentecost. And, and Peter says, can any forbid water that these should not be baptized the same as us? And he commanded them, commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Paul finds disciples, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Disciples of John, we haven't heard if they be a Holy Ghost. Well, then how were you baptized? If baptism wasn't 
part of this, why even ask the question? Why didn't he just say, well, what have you believed in? But instead, he said, how were you baptized? He said, we were baptized by John. He said, well, John said you're supposed to be, he, he did baptize under repentance, but he said to believe on the one coming after, which is Jesus. He said when he did that, they were all baptized in the name of Jesus. He laid his hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost, just like they did in Acts chapter 2. Repent. Be baptized. They, they had been baptized under repentance. They had repented. They had changed their life. But now they needed to believe. And so they did. But when they believed, what did they do? They were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, just like the church was in the book of Acts. I know very well what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10. And I'm glad I still got a couple of minutes. I know what he wrote. Anybody calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. That's what it said. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Because when Paul's recounting his own baptism, he says, Ananias told me, why are you tarrying? Arise and be baptized. Calling on the name of the Lord, washing away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord is baptism. The first time you hear it will be in Joel chapter 2. When he's talking about this is that and about the spirit being poured out on the earth. The next time you'll hear that phrase, it'll be when Peter is preaching that on the day of Pentecost about calling on the name of the Lord. And that's what he told them when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What did they do when they baptized them? They called the name of Jesus over them while they baptized them. And the blood was applied by faith and their sins were washed away. The sins of their past were washed away. You don't have to be baptized again every time. Because he said from that point on, if you confess your faults, God is faithful to forgive you. You've been born again. You've become his. You're adopted by the Spirit. The Spirit of God bears witness that we're his children. And so now we just ask our Father, forgive us. We're sorry for that. We repent again. We're, we're sorry for doing that. And God forgives us because we have confessed. And we realize that's not the way we want to be. Because we were purchased with precious blood. It costs something for him to redeem us. It was agonizing. It was painful. It was brutal. No man had ever been treated like that ever. The Bible says no man had ever been marred like that. It was horrible what he went through, but he went through it. You can come to the music, darling. We've got a couple, about a minute and a half. We need the blood. There's still wonder-working power in the blood. Let's stand together this morning. Praise God. Oh, I tell you, today, I wish that the church everywhere all around the world, I don't care what, what it says on their sign or on their card or what their organization is, I, I, I don't care. I wish they would just go back to what the church started with. And if in every church building anywhere, in all these churches that are close to us or in other states around the world, if everywhere they were preaching about the blood and the application of the blood and, and how we needed the blood, if they were preaching what God told them to preach, what Jesus said, this is your message. Preach repentance. Who has the authority to change what Jesus said to preach? Nobody. And he said, preach repentance and remission of sins in my name. Well, he said remission comes through baptism in his name. And if churches everywhere 
would start preaching that. There would be, the baptistries would just stay open 24-7. People would just be getting, they'd be finding creeks and lakes and rivers and at the ocean and at the beach and places. They would just be taking them anywhere there's water. People would say, here's water. Can I go now? Yes, you can. We baptized people in the fountain at UGA this year during our uh, revival over there. Uh, and it was freezing cold water. But they, they were like, we're going to do this tonight. We're going to get baptized in his name tonight. And we baptized them in the fountain. And uh, wherever there was water, we did it. I've baptized people in the ocean. I've been baptized in the Jordan River. I've been baptized in baptistries. I've seen it happen anywhere. But it's not just a little celebration, an outward expression of an inward faith. It's obedience to the Word of God. Baptism is obedience to the Word of God. And I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus today. Could you lift your hands and just worship the Lord for a moment as we get ready to close this morning?